Hallelujah. Can you hear me? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> oh, man, praise the Lord. Uh, I just want to give honor to God and to the leaders of the church, the body of Christ. Can't do enough without thanking God for my beautiful wife. Uh, mm. Woo. 36 years of marriage, and uh, she's still a hot tamale. Hey! All right. You know, this is awesome. I was praying and saying, Lord, what do you want me to share? And everything that, from talking to David, Santiago in the back room, to the songs, to my brother getting up here blowing the shofar, from Brittany coming up, mm, hey, about reminding mm, you, you reminding yourself of what Jesus has done for you. And she was talking about her daughter and, and different things and, and was telling you to go back and think about all the things that, that he's done for you. Mm, hey. I just want to explode. Mm. From getting up here doing the communion, everything has something to do with what I'm sharing. You know, church, it's time to get back to the basics. You know, a lot of people, they're talking about different things that are going on in the church, but there are a lot of things that we're not hearing about. We're, we, we know about God. We know about his grace and his mercy. We know that the Holy Spirit will comfort us and keep us, but there's also that part of the Holy Spirit, which we call the Holy Ghost, that is power. It's the power that's there to keep us, the power that's there to set us free, the power that's there to heal us, to deliver us. There is power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. My message is about love. And how can we start out without going to the basics of John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only, check this out, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe it in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That word believe is not just saying, oh, I know he exists, but it's saying that I'm willing to trust him. I'm willing to surrender everything that I am, everything that I hope to be, to him, my will, my desires, my wants, my emotion, whatever it is, I believe him enough to trust him with my life. It's not a game. It's not a joke. I hear so many people saying, oh, I believe, but yet they live like the world. And I'm not sitting here saying that, that I'm perfect, but I know I press for the mark. I don't take it lightly because I know what he delivered me from. And not only that, I know what he did for me. My, my brothers and sisters, check this out. We take communion and we talk about the, the blood of Jesus. We talk about his flesh. But let me tell you something. Whew. Let me tell you something. I look at it like this. Well, let me read some scripture. Romans 5, 6 through 7 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died. Mm. For the ungodly, that was me, uh, scarcely for a righteous man will one man die, yet preadventure for a good man, some would even die, dare to die. Check this out, Romans 5. 5, 8. But God commended his son or his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet, we were yet, we were still out there 
sinning. We were doing all kinds of junk, and he knew we were going to be like that. He knew we were going to do those things. But it says, while we were yet in our sins. He didn't say, oh, we were going to be perfect, and then he died for us. It didn't say he was waiting for us to get right, and then he was dying for us. But it says, while we were yet doing the filthy, the dirty, the nasty, or whatever you want to call it, while we were still doing what we were doing, he died. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He died for us. Mm. Check this out. Christ died for us. Check this out. We have many examples of men dying for friends, dying for loved ones, dying for great people. Mm, but it is contrary to nature to die for your enemy. Yet Jesus did. Even the people that put him on the cross, which we were a part of it, we might have not been physically there, but because of the sin of the world, he went up on the cross for us. Mm, I know you know it, but I got to tell it to you anyway. Because, see, it's time out for us going around doing this lolly die and, oh, yeah, he died, okay, and living like the world. His sacrifice for us was more than just somebody dying. You know, we talk about the electric chair, but check this out. The cross was worse than a hanging. You put a rope around a person's neck, they might shake a little bit, and then they're dead. It was worse than the firing squad because a firing squad, you put them up, if you shoot them in the head, it's over. A few bullets in the body and the head, you're gone. It was worse than the electric chair. I mean, you're frying, ah! But at some point, it's over. And all the different things that are out there, it's worse than that. I want you to picture this. The passion of Christ did not have anything. I mean, that what it showed, it showed his torture, but what it showed was not compared to exactly what he went through. Mm. My brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm here today to tell you when my brother blew that shofar and he says, this is the beginning of a new day, a new start. This is the beginning of some of your new days and your new starts. Some of you, I don't care, I know we in church. I did an altar call in, in Africa where they had 200 men, 200 pastors, and about 50 or 60 of them gave their life to the Lord. And they were pastors. They had a title, but they didn't have a relationship. Mm. Hey! Mm. Tell you about, about, about and Jesus is saying, I want you to go beyond a title. I want you to go beyond knowing about me, but I want you to take me in because how can we go into all the world and preach the gospel if we don't know what the gospel is, if we don't know who Jesus is, if we're not willing to die and sacrifice who we are for him? You say, oh, it don't take that much. It take that much for me. I can't get up here and well, glory to God. And it's still power in glory to God. But brothers, like I said, when I was playing football or when I went to a game, I about tear up the building. That's why I didn't go to Jeremiah's house to watch a football game because <laughs> they would have never invited me over again. I am passionate about what he did for me. Mm, hey. Because when I look at what he did for me, when I think about the cross, when I think about before he even got to the cross, where he was slapped around, he was spit on. Check this out. He had a, 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 thor, a thorn, thorns, a crown of thorns stuck on his head that pierced his skin and his head and blood is draining down. And at any time, he could have said, no more, that's it. Because you know some of us, boy, you step on a nail and, oh, I can't die for you, brother. That hurt. Somebody look at you wrong. This is too hard for me because he was staring at me. Oh, I can't preach no more. He's talking about me. They didn't invite me to preach. They didn't invite me to do this. They didn't invite me to do that. So I can't live for Christ. You need to get saved. 
Hey! Let me tell you, when I look at the cat of nine tails and how they took that whip, I want you to, I want you to get this. Hey! I want you to get this picture in your mind of the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. When they took that whip that had bones and metal and hooks in it, and it was leather, and they said that they would dip it in water, and when they would hit you, it stuck in your flesh, and the only way you can pull it off, you couldn't drag it off. You had to rip it off, and when you ripped it off, it snatched flesh off. And all you saw was blood and flesh and blood and flesh. And in Isaiah, it says that he was unrecognizable, that you couldn't even tell he was a man. He was beat so bad. And he did that for you, and he did it for me. He took our sins and was nailed. Look, check this out. You don't got beat down like that. You can't move. You can't do anything. It's hard to take a breath. Straps, they, they, they beat him on his back, then rolled him over and beat him on his front and his face. And he's got thorns on his head after they put him to the cross. Then they take, look like railroad stakes, and they nail him through his feet and nail him through his arms. They made him carry this big cross. You can't even holler, walk. And every step he took was for us. Every step going up the mountain, he took for us. And they brought in the man to pick the cross up and carry it for him. They lay it on the ground and they nail him to this cross. And then they raise him up. He could have said, Lord, take me. And the Bible says he could have called 10,000 angels. But guess what? He wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about you and me. And why would we take this death lightly? It's not a game. It's real. They nail him to the cross. They raise him up between heaven and earth. And he's sitting there, and he's gasping for air. And they take a spear, bro. You don't beat me. You don't put thrones on, thorns on me. You don't nail me to a cross. You don't spit on me, and you slap me, and you call me all kinds of names. And yet you're like, well, I don't know if he did. And you take a spear, and you stick it in my side to where it's only blood and water coming out. That is the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. In order for us to go to the nations and preach the gospel, in order for us to minister to our neighbors and, and our friends and our coworkers and our family, the first thing is we got to recognize what he did for us. That's the beginning. Once he did all of that for us and sacrificed and suffered, and then as Bethany said, he went beyond that and he said everything we have need of, he meets the need. He molds and he shapes and he heals and he delivers and he does it all for who? For us. And then some of us still want to play games. I hear so many people say, well, uh, in prison and on the street and everywhere we go, and they're like, well, well, I'm going to start doing this when God do this. No, you do it now. Because if your salvation depends on what God will do for you, not what he did for you, then you need to get up to this altar. And guess what? Today, we, already, we pray for healing. We pray for a lot of things. You ain't got to come up. But you're going to have an opportunity you can make things right with God back there because we ain't caught up in the numbers. You know what you're doing. You know what you did. You know what you need deliverance from. You know what you need God to do in your life. I don't stand here before you're perfect, but I press for the mark. I know we hear about the, the striving and stuff like that. There's two different strivings. There's one where you're striving within yourself. you trying to do it. And there's another when you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you pressing for the mark. And the Bible says, he that endureth 
to the end, the same shall be saved. So that means you're going to go through some, but you got to keep on. You don't just sit there, well, hey, because you can't make it. If you don't move, you get stagnated, contaminated, and you die. Reading my word is not works. But if I want to know Jesus, if I want to get close to Jesus, I need to spend time with Jesus. Oh, I want the gifts without the relationship with Christ. The devil is a liar. How are you going to get the gifts? Yeah, you'll get the false gifts of the enemy. And that's when you stand before Jesus and say, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. I healed the sick in your name. And he said, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. I don't want you to die and go to hell. I want you to have a relationship with Christ that to the point that no matter what happens, when you die, you're going to go to heaven and be with him. Check this out. Do you love him? I'd say, Jesus said this. He says, uh, unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except the, a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So this is a word that you don't hear a lot. And this word is powerful. This word is this. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We don't hear about repent no more. Oh, I'm okay. But Jesus said, first John the Baptist came out and he told him, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then it goes on, Matthew 3 and 2. John said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. Matthew 4, 16 through 17. The people which sat in darkness, check this out, that was us. The people that sat in darkness saw the great light. Who was the light? Jesus. And they which sat in the regions and in the shadow of death, mm, the light sprung up. What was the light that sprung up? It was Jesus. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus this is Matthew, the book of Matthew, if you hadn't read it. The book of Matthew said, Jesus, I'm telling you about what Jesus did, not what some other man did. This is what Jesus did. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Acts 2, 38 to 39. If you don't read scripture, some people will be like, well, he said all that, but I ain't see no scripture. Well, I'm going to give you scripture. I'm going to give you so much scripture, it's going to be coming out your nostrils. <laughs> and then if you go and say, well, I couldn't receive it because he yelled. That was the devil. <laughs> I can't receive because he yelled. I can't receive because he spoke quiet. I can't receive because he only read 10 scriptures and I needed 11. That's Satan. Mm. Check this out. Check this out. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of who? Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift, the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are for off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. Mm. I love the scripture where, where Peter says, where it says, uh, repent. You go into all the world and you preach the gospel and you tell them those that are baptized shall be saved. Those that are not shall be damned. You don't hear that a lot. A lot of preachers, all the churches that you got out there, a lot of people won't tell you about hell, but hell is real. Hell is real. And it wasn't prepared for you. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But there are going to be people that are going to die and go to hell because they chose not to receive the love of Christ. The gift is there. It's there for us. It's there for everybody. I hear people say, well, Jesus is love. He is love. Can I be straight with you? Now, they say, hey, this ain't true. But I'm going to tell you, there are people that's in hell right now. There are people that are in hell. So are you telling me that Jesus didn't love them? 
No, he loved everybody. He loved Hitler. He loved everybody. But you have to make that decision to receive him. Mm. Man, it, it, it is so powerful that he gave it all for us. And he says, hey, all I want you to do is this. Check this out. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there because I know I only have so much time. And in Acts 22:16, this is what's so awesome. And now, why tarry thy arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of Jesus? This is what Jesus told Paul when he was Saul, when he was on the road to Damascus. Check this out. He was a murderer of the Christians, and he was on his way to do dirt to hurt the Christians. And God, he had an encounter with Jesus. And they say, well, some people say it was slaying in the spirit. All I know, he was riding a horse and he fell off of it. Mm. Hey! And, and the power of God was so bright that he couldn't see. He was blinded by the light. I'm talking about the true light, not the song. He was blinded by the light. But that brother had an encounter with Jesus. Check this out. Acts, um, we're going to do it again. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the world. That's you, and that's me. Once we receive the power of the Holy Ghost, we don't sit back and don't say nothing, but we will share it. And let me tell you, no devil in hell has power over the Holy Ghost. You can cast out devils. You can heal the sick. You can speak uh, to the devil and say, go, and he's got to go. You have power. And let me tell you something, that power is also the keeping power. The Holy Ghost will keep you. It'll comfort you. It'll talk to you. And you say, well, hey, you know what? When it say, in my weakness, then am I made strong because it's because of the power of the Holy Ghost. Because you are weak, and praise God, I can't make it on my own strength. You can't make it on your own strength. But when the Holy Ghost comes in us, it's no longer you, but it's the power of the Holy Ghost that gives you that power. It's like a turbo booster. Let me tell you something. It's like nitrous in a car. Or if you know anything about Popeye the movie, you look at him and he eats a spinach. And all of a sudden, he's a superman. But a power ghost take a natural man and inject him with God. And now he has power to overcome the devil. Mm, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. We hear people, oh, well, you know, I did some that. Yeah, you are this and that. But you need the Holy Ghost. We are weak. And in our weakness, we are made strong in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Not my will, my ways, my wants, but in Christ Jesus. The Word of God says what? I can do all things through Christ Jesus. And he that strengtheneth me. All things don't mean some things. It don't mean, well, hey, uh, I can tell one demon to go, but I can't tell two. Oh, oh uh, 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 I can be set free for porn but I can't be set free from drugs. I can be set free from drugs, but I can't be set free from lying or stealing. The devil is a liar. When it said all things, it means all things. What do you need freedom in? What do you need deliverance in? What do you need healing in? He can do it. He will do it. If you call on the name of Jesus, if you say, fill me with the Holy Ghost, if you say, Lord, I don't want to stay this way no more, help me to be the man of God you call me to be. Many times before I truly got saved, I was a church goer, and I couldn't stop doing it. Oh, I ain't going to smoke dope today. A couple hours later, well, I guess one joint ain't going to hurt. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to do mushrooms no more. Well, maybe if I get just a sip. Huh? I ain't going to backhand and slap somebody down today. Oh, he got me mad. I had to do it. <laughs> I did a lot of I'm not going to do. But, man, when I got real with God, let me tell you something. Will had a a thing on that was so awesome. My dad is a funeral director. And I've been up to the funeral homes. I know about dead bodies. I know about muscle spasms, but you're still dead. 
you know, I can walk up in the funeral home with somebody in a casket, and I can take out an AR-15 and just start clicking. That dead man ain't going to move. He ain't going to move. I can take it and shoot him, and it's only the bullets that'll make it move, but he ain't going nowhere. He ain't going to move. I can run in and say, fire! That body going to stay right there. <laughs> you, know, you know what they did with Solomon to see if he was dead or not? Solomon loved women. There ain't no kids in here. <laughs> he loved women. So they put a little hot tamale in there with him. If he dead, he ain't going to move. But if he ain't dead, he going to do something. Dead man tells no lies. We got to die. That guy that Will had, he took a casket, and he put a person in there, and he just did a demonstration. He offered the guy wine. Couldn't take it because he was dead. He offered him different things. He couldn't do it because he was dead. That's what we got to do. We got to die to our flesh. We got to die to ourselves. We got to die to the, the worldly desires. It, it ain't nothing wrong with having a car or a house, but it's when those things have you. We got to die. We got to say, Lord Jesus, you know what a living sacrifice is? If I take a sacrifice and I kill it and I put it on the altar, it's on the altar. It can't move. But that living sacrifice is when, when I'm still alive. And I'm saying, you know what, Lord, I want to be dead to my sins. I want to be dead to the world, to my ways and my wills and my desires. I want to be dead to that old man. And when you say that, then you willingly take yourself and say, Lord, I'm putting myself on this altar. You cut whatever needs to be off of me, out of me, off of me. I surrender it all. Let me tell you something about true deliverance. When you ask God to set you free, if you come to God a uh, 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 half-stepping, it ain't going to work. If you say, well, you know what? I don't want to drink alcohol no more, but I'm going to keep on smoking cigarettes. I hope I ain't step on your foot. Then you don't want total deliverance. I'm like, Lord, set me free from everything. If I don't take a bath right, set me free so I can take a bath. Whatever I need, wash me, cleanse me. Don't just wash my feet. Like Peter said, wash me all over. Take everything out of me, Lord. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where I'm doing wrong. Father, cleanse me. Help me. This is what I cry every day. And people know I ain't perfect, but I'm pressing. Lord, cleanse me. Help me. Day by day is my walk. Day by day is my walk. Day by day is my walk. I'm not just sitting there laying there. I know we rest in Christ, but the ultimate rest is when I get to heaven. But right now, when he says I'm in a race, uh, I can't move. If I'm in a race, I, I ain't standing still in a race. I'm moving. When he says that I'm pressing for the mark of the high calling, I'm pressing. I'm going in. I'm going at it. I'm not talking about works like, oh, man, I got to go feed the homeless. Man, if you're doing it just for work, <laughs> you're going to burn in hell. Oh, I, I feed the homeless, I fed the poor, I go to the jail. I, I do all those things, so you know what I'm talking about? If you said I'm doing all of those things, but you're doing them trying to make it to heaven, that's not going to work. But when you're saved, when you're living for God, these are the works that comes with a believer. You do those things not because you have to. That's a calling, and God puts it in your heart to do it. And you say, well, I'm not going to the jail. I'm not going to the homeless. Do you talk to your neighbor? Do you talk to the people in the store? Hey, when I go in the store, I don't talk to, I don't see everybody. Hey, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now, my God, my, my father-in-law used to do that. I don't do that. Oh, Jesus. Hey. <laughs> you know? But I'm like, Lord, give me an opportunity. Show me. Show me who I'm supposed to minister to. And I'll be walking, and bam, there it is. You know, Leah X, Axe, we went on a, a, a retreat. She was with her husband. I was with my wife now. <laughs> hey! 
It was a bunch of Christians because some people, oh, he said that he, you know, that's how the devil tried to get in there. But all of us, a group of us went on a retreat. A group of us went on a retreat, and we were sitting at a table, a group of us, and a girl came up, and, and we were sitting there. Leah kept seeing her, kept looking at her, kept looking at her, kept looking at her. And then out of nowhere, she says, hey, let me ask you something. Do you go to church? Do you do this? Do you do that? And she was like, yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I do this and that. And we was like, all right, okay, okay. And the Holy Spirit says, she's, she goes to church, but she's not the church. And so when the Holy Spirit said that, the Lord says, now you say something. So I asked her, I says, hey, come here. Bend over, I want to say something to you. So I didn't try to expose it to everybody. Hey, are you a sinner? Are you going to hell? <laughs> you know, because people do that. I'm, hey, let me ask you something. I heard you say you go to church, but are you saved? Are you living for God? If you don't mean, if you don't know what I mean, that are you saved? I'm saying, have you received Jesus into your heart? Is He living inside of you? And she looked down and she said, "No, sir." No, sir. I go. I haven't been in a while. I said, so you need to make things right with God. She's like, yes, sir. I, I need to make things right with God. And right there, we didn't do no big crazy thing and flip the place upside. We're going to do a revival today. <laughs> now, if God said do it like that, we would have turned that place inside out and right there. <laughs> but that girl right there receive Christ. And we see that over and over and over where people receive Christ because you're available and you're willing. And God is saying, all I want is you to be available. Check this out. I'm, I'm, I ain't almost done, but I'm going to be done. Hey. I love this. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Hey, spending time with God is how you're going to get closer to God. Now, now, I understand that you got some people, which I, it never affected me, and I, I know Will and some other brothers that were out there doing that thing, and, and I hear about these, these guys and these ladies that they get in prison and they get the jailhouse religion. And then when they get out, they feel like they got to work to stay saved, but they're doing it for the wrong reason. And so they don't make it because they're still not dead. Mm. But see, when I came to Christ, I didn't come to Christ saying, well, I want to keep this, I want to keep that. I just said, Lord, I need you because if I don't get you I'm going to die. I'm going to die, and I'm going to hell. My brother, when he came to me and witnessed to me, listen, he didn't sugarcoat the word. People, stop worrying about running your family away. The gospel is life. The gospel will heal. The gospel will deliver. The gospel will set free. But if you're trying to water down the gospel, then you're giving them a contaminated gospel that don't have power. You got to tell them the truth. And the truth, it says you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. So if your family is living a crazy lifestyle, you tell them, hey, I love you. And Jesus loves you. This lifestyle is not of God. But I love you and I'm going to continue to love you. But you ain't going to come here with that foolishness. I'm going to tell you, we got a family member that ran around on her, her husband. And we prayed for this family member and prayed for this family member to get saved. And one day we had an event at our house. We had an eating at our house. And so this family member was like, okay, I'm going to bring my friend, boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm going to bring my friend to the cookout. I said, well, no, you're not. You're not coming up in here disrespecting my God. Yeah, it's my family. But hey, my witness is Jesus first, and I'm not going to contaminate, I'm not going to compromise and say, oh, you coming up here with somebody that's not your spouse, hugging on them and loving on them, and you can say, oh, well, you could have went them for Christ. No, I could have been a big offense to Christ. 
because I allowed that garbage in my house. You don't come to my house cursing. Family rule, you don't come up there cursing. We don't watch no filth. We don't watch no mudia. Cross-dressing men. I'm just saying me, us. You ain't coming up in there with no garbage. You ain't coming there drinking wine. If you come up to my house and you're smoking, go out on the street that don't belong there because this is holy ground. You know, get in my car drinking and smoking. If I realize you jumped in and you're trying to fire up one, bro, you better throw it out. Oh, you need some wine? You don't have it in my vehicle. I'm just saying me. We got to have a standard. If we compromise with this, we're going to compromise with that. If we share the love of Jesus, the Bible says God is the one that draws them. Our job is to share the gospel. When we share the gospel in love and truth, listen, Jesus shared the gospel in love, but when he said, even, when he says, hey, you want me to get the crumbs to the dogs? He called a woman a dog. Can you serve him? He called her a dog. I ain't never called nobody a dog. But what it's saying is this. He was straight forth to her, and he brought out the word to her, and the power of the Holy Ghost, when he spoke those words, penetrated her, and she got saved. Speak the gospel in truth. If you truly speak in the gospel in truth, you're speaking it in love. No matter how, it, now I ain't talking about, that, that ain't love if you take the Bible and just knock somebody's head off. But if you're sharing it in truth, then that's love. And you let God do what he's got to do. Okay, uh, what time is it? I don't see a clock. Okay, well, glory to God. We'll take two like Jerry. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Woohoo! I didn't say that, did I? Pray for me, Barry. Spending time. Okay, Luke 13, 28. I'm, I'm hurrying up. Luke 13, 28 says this. Jesus said this. Strive to enter into the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. I'm telling you, this is a day-by-day walk in Christ. You keep striving. You keep pressing. You keep running. You keep enduring. Hey, like that song was saying, you keep on. You keep going. You keep going. Ah, hey. Mm. You stay at the feet of Jesus. I have to do that like Mary. I understand that. And see, this is what I was talking about. The guys at the prison, those that get out there and think they work and work and work and trying to make it and they backslide is because they haven't had that true encounter with Jesus. Because everybody that I know that truly had that encounter, it wasn't like, oh, I'm in and out, I'm in and out, I'm in and out, because we know what God set us free from. We know that God, some of us shot people. We know what God set us free from, selling drugs, using drugs, uh, doing people wrong. You say, well, hey, I wasn't a drug dealer like my sister in the back that's a scientist. She said, I'm not a drug dealer, but she was born in sin. So she was a sinner, and she needed Christ. So whether you were a drug addict, drug dealer, alcoholic, or a scientist, or a brainiac, whatever it is, when you were born, you were born in this world not knowing Jesus Christ. And the Bible says we all need a Savior. And so when you are born, you are without Christ. And the only way you're going to receive Christ is to repent of your sins and ask him to come into your heart and save you and fill you with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to cut this short. Because I got this. I'm going to cut this short. I'm going to make it so short you're going to think I'm still going. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sometimes that stuff just come out, man. I don't understand that. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to to get, because I know what God gave me, man. I I know what he gave me. Check this out. We're going to hit Romans 8.35. We're going to hit at Romans 8.35. I want to show you something right quick. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations? Shall distress? Shall persecution? Well, let me ask you this right quick. Let me ask you right quick. Shall, perse- uh, shall tribulations separate us from the love of Christ? Because some people misread this. Now, Is Christ going through tribulation 
Oh, man, Jesus is going through a tribulation. So there's a possibility that that can separate us from his love because he's going through a tribulation. Who is that talking about? Who is that talking about? It's talking about us. We the one that go through tribulations. And some people, when things don't go their way, when things are hard, what do they do? They turn their back on Jesus. But this is saying, nothing will separate me from the love of God. Nothing. So shall tribulation do it? No, it ain't going to stop me from loving God. Shall distress? No, it ain't going to stop me. Shall persecution? Oh, they finna kill me. They finna put me on the cross. I ain't loving Jesus no more. This is saying nothing will separate me from loving God. When I, when I hear people say that, I know God loves us. He proved it by dying and sacrificing, sending his son to die for us and sacrificing himself. So when I hear somebody say, Jesus don't love me, you must don't know Jesus. Because all he did, and you still need a confirmation, he he, he loved me. Somebody ain't preaching the word if a person is going around telling me, well, I did wrong. Well, I did wrong too. Well, he don't love me because I did wrong. Well, he says while we were yet in our sin, he died for us. So that shows he loves us. But the thing is, do you love Jesus? Do you love him? Do you love him to the point that if somebody took your house, he's still God? Do you love him that if you lose your job or your wife die or your family member die or your kid die, is he still God? Is he still worthy of the love that we're supposed to have for him? Or is he no longer lovable? What shall separate us from the love of God? Check this out. It gets even crazier. Okay, I'm hungry. I'm famine. I ain't got no food to eat. Is that going to stop me from loving him? I'm naked, nakedness, and perils, I mean dangerous, and sores. For it, as is, it, it is written, for the sake, for thy sake, talking about his sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. It's talking about us. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Because you know what? People hate true Christians because we tell them the truth. They hated Jesus because he came and because of how he lived and what he spoke, it revealed the sin in their life. It showed that they were evil and wicked people and they did not like. Behold, the light has come and it shined in their darkness and revealed their evilness and their hatred and all of that. So they had to kill him. Hey, he's out there healing people and he's doing things that we're not able to do. I hate him. Let's kill him. So they lied on him. So if they lying on him, you upset because they lying on you? He said if they hated him, they're going to hate you. It ain't our job to try to make the world love us. If the world love us, there's a problem. I ain't talking about, oh, your neighbor. I ain't, I'm not saying, oh, okay. Well, when I go home and I speak to him and all that, I hope they, hey, man, he's all right. But if they say he's wrong, then praise the Lord. It ain't going to hurt me. And if my family look at me and say, hey, that fool crazy, then glory to God, because I'm going to heaven. I don't need you to like me for me to go to heaven. I'm going to live for Jesus. All right, we almost there. Hey, I'm just five minutes past, I think. I'm for real. I'm, I'm closing. I'm closing, or we're going to do deliverance on me. I, I just got a couple of more hours. I mean, a couple of more things. Uh, uh. So check this out. I'm almost there. Uh, it says, I am persuaded neither death nor life. Now that's going about Jesus. I'm persuaded neither death nor life nor angels nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Our love is in who? Christ Jesus. All right. So how much do you love God? Are you willing to trust him with your life? Are you willing to be a living sacrifice? Are you willing to put yourself on the altar? Are you willing to put your money on the altar? Uh, are you willing to be like the three, three Hebrew boys? They didn't doubt God. They said, we know that he's able even if he don't deliver us. They could say, oh, my Lord, Lord, and Lord, Lord, and Lord. They're going to put us in a fiery furnace. But no, if he don't, 
We know he's able. Joseph, God gave him a promise. You're going to rule and you're going to reign. But guess what? God didn't tell him. You're going to go into prison. He didn't say, oh, you're going to suffer. He didn't say your brothers were going to sell you as a prisoner. He didn't say you were going to be accused of rape. Can you still love him? And somebody come up and say, he raped me. He's like, man, I was in New York. But the law says, oh, look like he did it. Can you still serve him if they lie on you? Can you still serve him? And they say, we're going to kill you. Well, check this out. That girl at Columbine, do you remember the story? He said, well, I'm not able to do it. If God allowed to come, you're not able, but in him you're able. When they told her, hey, you either denounce him or you die. And she said, I love you. Bam, it's over. You think this life is something? Have you counted the cost? You know, what blessed me the other day is I went into the children's church and talked to them about prison. And those kids, man, they prayed for me. And it was so powerful. And you know what? They didn't have made-up prayers. They prayed from their heart. They didn't, oh, Heavenly Father, come down and touch them in a mighty way. Make him walk on water. They didn't do none of that. They were like, Jesus, protect Enrico and his team. Lord, let him walk in walk in the Holy Ghost. Keep him. Keep his family. Because they say, can you get killed in prison? I say, absolutely. I say, what? See, people don't know that. And then now I'm saying it, and probably ain't nobody else going to want to go. That's true. You can't get shanked in prison. You can get killed in here. But the chances of you getting shot in here and you going up into prison and getting shanked or whatever, when you take the class, they tell you, hey, uh, we just want you to know there was a Muslim marking Christians because there were Christians that were taking the class. And then they said, now, we want you to know when that GPS go off, we might not get there right when you want us, but we will get there. But there's a possibility that you might die. There's a possibility they might stab you. There's a possibility you being a man, you might get kind of uh, relationships. And that's a possibility. But did Jesus call you to go? If he called you to go, that settles it. He's going to take care of it. When we go cross seas, did he call us to go? Like Dave was saying, well, man, we go into Muslim areas. There's a possibility to be killed. Did he call you to go? Did he call you to go in the shopping center? Because you can be up there now and you got fools walking in and blowing people's head off. Are you ready to go? And did he call you to go? Yes, he told us all, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So if you ain't going to jail in a prison, go to the school. If you ain't going to the school, go to your neighbor. If you ain't going to your neighbor, go to the people outside. When you're walking the dog, when you're rubbing the cat, whatever you do, feeding the goldfish, tell somebody about Jesus. Tell him about Jesus. It ain't going to help him, but tell him about Jesus. <laughs> Man, I am so fired up about Christ, I can't help but tell him about him because I know what he did for me. Okay, 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 man, man. You know, my wife looking at me, I can feel the lasers. Like, <laughs> okay, baby, I'm all right. Okay, 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 okay. I'm t- Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature that. He that believe, check this out, and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Boom. There it is. These are the signs that shall follow them that believe. In my name, in his name, that shall cast out devils, that shall speak with new tongues, tongues that's still in existence, okay? That shall take up serpents. That's talking about demons and, and things like that. It ain't talking about, you know, like the snake church where you get the snake and I ain't saved if the snake bite me. You ain't saved if you grab the snake and playing with him. <laughs> but it's saying serpents. It's talking about demons. And if that drink any daily thing, it's not talking about you proving that you're a Christian by drinking poison because you're going somewhere if you do that. But it's saying if you accidentally drink something, he'll take care of you. I've done that. I was in DR. Now I'm preaching, ah, la, 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 la. You know, God is moving. And they said, make sure you don't drink the water. And so in DR, they have water, nasty water, that's brown looking, coming out of this hole. And so I'm in there preaching in the prison in DR. I'm preaching, la, 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 la. And they bring up 
three pit, uh, a pitcher of water with four glasses full. Now, we got bottled water over here. And so I'm just in God, just in his presence. We praying for people. God is moving. People getting healed. People getting delivered. Many things are happening. I'm all praising God. And then when I go to sit down, I wipe my face, and the guy come up with the pitcher of water. Well, what's the natural reaction? Oh, man, glory to God. Oh, I'll take another one. And when I got it up and I'm drinking it, I realized the whole team is looking at me. Nobody said, stop. <laughs> I would have told you, hey, bro, stop. You're going to die. Nobody told me to stop. They're just looking at me, and I'm drinking this water. Oh, well, it's over now. Lord, you're going to have to do it. I didn't get sick one bit. Now, I won't go to DR and say, hey, give me some more of that dirty water. Because <laughs> that's trying God. Okay, I'm, I'm about to. So check this out. Okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. All right. So this is the last one, the last example. Jesus will meet you. Can you believe that? Jesus will meet you where you are, right where you are. It don't matter what you've done. He'll meet you right where you are. Remember the lady at the well? He went to get some water. This lady comes up. He has this conversation with her. He went to where she was, right where she was. She, didn't, she wasn't in a church building. She wasn't in a crusade. She was just getting some water. And he asked her about her husband, and, and, and as she was talking, he said, you're right. He says, you've had so many husbands, <clears throat> and the one you're with is not your husband. And then she started telling him, check this out. Let, let this. The woman said unto him, I know the Messiah cometh. This is 25. It's, it's uh, John 4, 25. I know the Messiah is coming, or cometh which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I did speak unto you. Unto thee am here, him. 29, come then all of a sudden, she, she, she talks to him, and Jesus has told her everything about herself. So that's telling me that once he told her and revealed who he was, she receives Christ. That's what this is telling me. It didn't say, oh, she got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, did a cartwheel. And, but this is saying she went and told everybody. She says, check this out. Come and see a man which told me all things that I ever did, and I did, that I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. 39 says, and many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified of him. Believed on him means you gave your life to him. Many, because of this lady that was sleeping around with somebody else's husband that had an encounter with Jesus. He caught the lady in the act of adultery. He didn't catch her. They brought her to him. What did he say? He said, where are your accusers? Lord, I don't have none. Over there. And he says, go and sin no more. People, we still got to go and sin no more. We make a mistake, we repent. The Bible says Jesus is our advocate, and he's with the Father, and he goes to him. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we got to confess them. You got to know, hey, uh, Mick, Mike, Mickey, young fella, you going to do that song? Man, I'm going to tell you, this brother is off the charts. And the sister. There's no discrimination here. Check this out. 41 says, and many more believe because of his own words and said unto the woman, now we believe not because of thy sins, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. My brothers and sisters, in order for us to be able to be used by God truly in boldness, <clears throat> In power, we got to make sure we're living right. I mean, we can, we can cry out and say, you know, uh, I, want, 
I want the anointing to heal the sick. I want to walk in his anointing. I want to walk in his glory. I want to walk, well, you don't want to walk in his glory, but you're, you're saying, <clears throat> you know, I want to go to the next level, the next step in Jesus. But first, we got to make sure we write with Jesus. And sometimes there's sin, there are things in our life that hinder, mm, hey, that hinders us from getting to that place and that point that we need to be in Jesus. And, and check this out. He loves you. He ain't looking down on you and wanting to give you a swift kick. But sometimes he needs to. But what he's saying is he's saying, hey, today is a new start. Today is a new beginning in some of your lives. What he's saying is he's saying, I want to make things right in your life. You have tried over and over and over to get right, to do right, and it didn't work out. But he's saying today, if you'll call on my name, if you'll cry out to me and say, Lord, save me, set me free. If you'll come to him and say, Lord, I I'm saved, but I've been playing around. I haven't been living right, and I want to make things right. That's you. Hey, bow your heads. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to. We've called you up to the altar. We've called you up. We called you up. But I'm convinced that right where you're sitting, right where you're standing, he can do what he needs to do. Because he did it for me when I was sitting over in Bartow with all the drugs in my car and the women around me. And I was getting ready to go to another level in the world. And I cried out to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need you. Save me, Lord. He saved me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're saying, I need to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, let me see your hand. Just put your hand up. Amen. 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 I see you. I see you. Glory to God. And if you're sitting here and you say, well, hey, I've cried out to him and I gave my life to him, but I just need to make things right. If that's you, let me see your hands. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Everybody stand on your feet. We're going to say this prayer. Oh, man. Let me tell you something. I didn't see my brother come in. And my brother Andre is back there. When you see him, you think you see me. But this guy and some saints, when I was out there living wrong and I was fighting and driving around with a gun and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. My brother went to college and got saved. And when he got saved, he became an evangelist in the form of people would tell him, man, you better do something about your brother Rico because somebody's going to kill him or he's going to kill somebody. He's going to jail. He's going to prison. He's doing this. He's doing that. And my brother, because of his love for me, because he loved me and he didn't want to see me die and go to hell, he knew I went to church, but he knew that I, didn't, I was not the church, that I was just the church goer. But he came to me every time he got a chance, and he said, Reek, he says, God loves you, and he's got a plan for your life. But, bruh, if you die not knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior, no matter how much you go to church, no matter how much you talk about God, Reek, if you die without Jesus being your Lord and Savior, you will bust hell wide open. Now that was the truth, and he shared it in love. He didn't want to see his brother die and go to hell. And check this out, I didn't get saved the first day. I didn't get saved the first month, the first year. But he was consistent every time he saw me. I mean, he talked about Jesus. If I said, man, I was driving down the street and my tire blew out. Man, let me tell you, Rick. Man, I was driving down the car and two tires blew out. And then a man just came up and said, hey, I want to bless you with two tires. I'm like, okay, bro, you tell me about Jesus. All right. Man, I was doing this and I was doing that. And he was like, Reek, man, I had that same thing happen. And guess what? The Lord, Jesus came to me right when I was here and right when I was there and when this happened and that happened. And it was always what Jesus did. So this one day, I'm out in Hamilton Gardens. 
I got my drugs. I got my alcohol. I'm backed up with my car, my SS Nova. I got a 38 Special in my glove box. I got my mushroom tea. I got my malt liquor MD 2020 and my weed and the mushrooms. And I got all this stuff, and I'm going to go to another level. And then the minute I get ready to do that, oh, hey, all the things that my brother had been sharing, I'm sitting in the car, I'm not in church, and I start hearing him say, Reek, this and that and this and that. And, I, and, I, and then I heard this, this word say, hell. And I told my friends, I said, man, if y'all don't stop playing, talking about hell, I'm going to whoop somebody today. And they was like, man, what's wrong with you? I hadn't smoked that day, hadn't drank, hadn't done any, no shroom juice or nothing. But at that moment... I heard the Lord say, I love you. Everything bro was saying, I died for you. You don't have to be this way no more. And I was like, oh, man, I'm tripping. So I got in my car, and I drove up to Max Drive, and I'll never forget it. I went there. I got me a half a barbecue chicken basket. Never forget when you get saved. You know what I'm saying? I get a large cherry Sprite, and I, I eat this, and I drink this, and I'm still hearing the voice. And I gave all my drugs away. I said, y'all take this, man. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. And I went to my grandfather's house. I went in the room and went to bed. And I kept hearing the Lord said, I died for you. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to be like this. And I, early that morning, I got up. I called my friend. I had a, a rock and roll band. I didn't even know how to play rock and roll unless I was drug induced. And I, I, I called my friend. I said, man, I'm going to Bishop Holden House, he became my, one of my fathers in the Lord. He was like my brother. When everybody was saying I was going to do this and that, he came out in a van and picked up all the bad kids and the good kids, took us out, played basketball, baseball with us, and told us about Jesus. Uh. But I got up that morning, I went to his house, knocked on the door, his wife, who couldn't stand me, what you doing here? Early in the morning, all I could say is, I need to see Reverend Holden. And she said, Willie, Rico here. He came down the hall and he had on his underwear and boxers, boxers and a long t-shirt. He looks at me, he starts laughing. <laughs> I don't know the look I had. I don't know if I was all jacked up. You know, I don't know. But he said, come on in and sit down. She done hid behind the wall. Fellas, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know, oh, Lord God, forgive me and all that. All I knew was it was time and I need Jesus. And so I looked at him and I said, <laughs> I said, I give. I give. I surrender all. And when I said that, he prayed for me. He laid hands on me. I was set free of drugs, alcohol, women, wine. My mother in the Lord was behind the wall. Now I see my mother in the Lord. She was behind the wall and she screamed and almost tore the house down. And ran around and grabbed me and picked me up and started jumping, saying, we've been praying for you, boy. We've been praying for you. We've been praying for you. So what I'm saying is it don't matter who you are. It don't matter where you're at. The bottom line is you're lost without Jesus. The bottom line is you need to ask him into your heart and save you. I'm going to do this prayer. And I know people say you don't have to do it. But Paul says they told him to go and be baptized for the remission of his sins. That's the type of repentance. So I'm asking you. Everybody bow your head and just say this prayer. If you mean it, if you mean it, hey, just saying a prayer and don't mean it, don't say nothing. Just shut up because it don't work. When I said it, I meant it. And I'm not going to go, I, I normally do a long one, but I'm going to do a short one. It's so simple because if you don't do it today, but you go somewhere else, you can still do it. And just say this, say, dear Jesus, I repent of all my sins. Save me, Lord. I'm yours. 
Now fill me with the Holy Ghost. Now see how simple that was? Now I could have got deep and we could have went on for about 30 minutes. But empty words are nothing. But if you said it and you meant it, it's real. If you said it, you say it. Now, if you want prayer, if you want me to pray for you, you want somebody to pray for you, we're here for you. I'm here for you. We're going to be here for you forever. Now, if you want to spend some time with the Lord at the altar, my brother finna sing this song. And I want y'all to listen to this because this is what it means to me. When I think about the Lord and how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost. Hey! Mm. how he raised me to the other most. When I think about the Lord, mm, let me tell you, it does something to me. And all I can say is hallelujah. That's all I can say because I know it wasn't me, it's him. Take it, my sister. If you want to spend some time at the altar, you can come up here and, and just pray or you can stay where you're at. Just let God do what he want to do in your life. We love you. God bless you. Have a Jesus-filled day.